Welcome to my Latinx life. Join me as I journey to learn, educate, and highlight Latinx leaders in a comfortable setting similar to your mom's kitchen. We'll explore a variety of topics with guest and reoccurring host. I'm your host, Joe Redondo, and this is my Latinx life. I, I have a daughter, I have a 19-year-old daughter, and I always say, you know, my dream is that you are going to be self-sufficient. So in the future, if you decide to be with somebody, it's because you want to and not because you don't have a choice, right? And having an independence from a career perspective is going to give you that. So that's kind of like the message I'm trying to always, you know, share with the families um, and ensure that they pay attention to their daughters uh, as much as they pay attention to their kids. Now, Joe, you being Hispanic, you know that that's tough and yeah. hard, right? There's a lot of ingrained, you know, preconceived notions, but we need to continue to push the envelope. We need to continue to let these families know, you know, know you need to support your daughter the same way because at the end of the day, these are the things that she can aspire, that she can do, that she can achieve, right? And and that's that's the other thing that I do as well outside of Microsoft. Yeah. Um. So I know that you go back to Mexico often and you get to visit. So is that what takes you to Mexico, this gig? Or do you do other work also in Mexico while you're there, whenever you're there um yeah I, yeah my, my wife is like yeah you just need to start, you need to open a tamale stand on sundays that's the only thing that you haven't done um no so no, i normally go to mexico on vacation right family time but um I cannot be idle, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. So I always try to find opportunities to uh, give back the same way. Yeah. So for instance, uh, this last December that, w- that when I was there, I connected with a local university and we did my my talk about professional development, helping students, uh, university students understand, you know, everything from creating a resume to their LinkedIn profile, mm-hmm. how to prepare for interviews, how to demystify the whole process of corporations, right? Uh, so I did that. I try always to kind of find opportunities like that to uh, to connect with the kids. The year before, I went to a different school a couple of hours away from my hometown. That school happened to be the school of the year for Omega Op, and it happened to be uh, two hours away from my from my hometown. And so I made the trip. I have a little TED Talk where I talk about the three inflection points in my life and, you know, all the different things that actually got me to where I am today. And I shared that with them and Q&A, and we did a mock interview at the end, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, yeah, I always try to find ways uh, to to leverage my time off or vacation to do something like this. Do you feel like that is beneficial to you as a personal endeavor for yourself? And do you feel like that fills your cup? It totally keeps me grounded. Yeah. It totally keeps me appreciative of the things that I have that I have that I have accomplished. But also gives me perspective, Joe. It gives me yeah. a lot of perspective, and it, it it really makes me realize what the important things in life are. People in, in those conferences ask me, what is success for you? How do you describe success? <laughs> yeah. And, and you, know, I, I, you know, I the first time I, I was asked that question, I stopped with my answer. And I said, a few years ago, I was coming back for, from work and mm-hmm. um, I was pulling into my uh, driveway and I see my daughter by the window waiting for me. Yeah. That's success. That's, that to me is success. Forget about title, forget about money, forget... 
forget about all of that, right? You know, that in that moment, I, I, I realized I'm doing something well, right? So I felt successful, fulfilled and happy, right? No pressure to your daughter to keep loving you and making sure she keeps you happy. Hopefully I'll get to uh, someday meet her because you have encouraged her enough to want to go into the medical field. Um, so hopefully we will have her over on our side if this is where she decides to be in the long run. So you do a lot of work with diversity and inclusion and equity work. Um, why did you decide, um, I'm going to be very blunt, um, for many Latino men, um, that's not something that we talk about. Like, it's not something that we grew up listening. We never heard our parents, like, I can't think of a time I heard my parents talk about equity, diversity, and inclusion. Um, in those specific terms, I think that they did talk about treating people equal and like we want and with respect, but I don't think that we, they use those terms so much, um, especially since we still have very gendered norms within the culture and things like that. Um, so what kind of took you down this path? Well, once you start digging deeper, you realize that the playing field is not level for everybody, that we are born with different, you know, advantages and disadvantages, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes those disadvantages are race-related, ethnic-related, right? Uh, so I, I took it upon myself to help to, to level that playing field as much as we can yeah. so our kids can aspire and really attain some of those goals that are easier for other ethnicities or cultures because, you know, again, it's just how it's been, right? I mean, of course, we know about, you know, uh, uh, people who have been here for generations and whatnot. Of course, they have, you know, not only the support of their families, but, you know, the wealth and, you know, the understanding of the system and the education and whatnot. So, I mean, it, there's always disadvantages in that sense, right? I was talking about these families with, who don't even understand how the, what a 4.0 GPA means because in Mexico is 1 to 10, right? And, and how do you translate that, right? And credits mm -hmm. and applications and essays. I mean, the process is totally different. Yeah. So my, my motivation was exactly that. We cannot change the outcome if we don't change the, you know, the input, the, 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 the you know, the foundational aspect of the equation. Uh, and that's why I got super motivated. Also, you know, my job, I love my job. So if my manager and everybody, I love my job, but it can be very sometimes mechanical, right? It lacks, you know, uh, a lot of that personal connection, a lot of the feeling and the, the immediacy of uh, feeling, you know, fulfilled and rewarded. Um, so this actually allows me to, to, to get that, right? Is to see that immediate impact of what I'm doing right there. Uh, if I can help just one person to understand how to apply for a FAFSA uh, um, uh, scholarship for their, for their children, I've I, I done my job uh, because you are changing the life of one family. So, so to me, that was like the, the, the motivation to get into this. Uh, that's definitely something that, um, that, 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 was, that was motivation. The other one, I, I, I'm part of a group that's called Padres Unidos por la Educación. And this is United Padres for Education. And we mainly cater to uh, the Lake Washington School District. Uh, and a few years ago, when my daughter was a, um, a freshman in high school, I got a voicemail from uh, the school in Spanish inviting you to a session, an informational session for scholarships in Spanish, right? So I went there. It was like eight or nine families. Uh, and then this group of women came in and gave the presentation. And you know, throughout the presentation, you know, they talk about themselves and everything. And they had very 
very you know uh, labor intensive jobs but but you know backbreaking jobs and you know they had multiple jobs and and still they found the time to do this for the community so in that moment right yeah. i said what is my excuse i need to do more right yeah uh, so I stayed at, at the end, you know, one of them said, hey, could you please stay at the end? We would like to talk to you. So I made a couple of questions and we talk and they asked me, hey, would you like to join us? And I said, absolutely. Right. So when do we start? The beauty of this is that the work that I've done with them, the work that we've done together, not only has benefited the community and the school, but themselves. When I when I'm with them and they start talking about office hours and they start talking about change management and they're talking about communications. I'm like, yes, right? Because I am helping them uh, as well for their own, you know, growth and, 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 and you know, um, progression, right? So, yeah, I mean, that's a long, long story, but that's, you know, some of the reasons why I do what I do. Yeah, I think that that's important. I think what you're doing is great. And I think that those are the stories that people want to hear. I think it's what inspires people to do what they do and give back. And I mean, you've done it from a realistic expectation like you did things that were attainable you didn't go out and try to rebuild the whole structure and topple the patriarchy and the white supremacy that we know as america you stepped into spaces that you knew that you could make change and where you could make impact and you did that in a way that was meaningful and i'm sure you've touched plenty of people's lives and you've helped people so thank you number one um we'll say thank you from the greater universe and the community i will say thank you on our behalf so that all comes out of cost let's just be realistic like that takes time from our everyday lives and who we are and what we do and what we get back um and we all have to manage relationships we manage relationships at work we manage relationships at home we manage relationships daily how do you manage your relationships with let's say your family and your co-workers because you're busy like i, I don't know a time that salvador doesn't always have something coming up yeah. or something in the pipeline in the time that i've known you um how do you manage those on a daily basis like you're still a dad you're still a husband and you're still Salvador. And you said you're an aspiring photographer. So you've somehow squeezed in that as well. Yeah, that's that's my creative outlet, right? I actually, right after this, I'm going to uh, help a person who asked me for a headshot. So anyway, um, so um, yeah, that's that's a good question. I, I, you know, I even though it sounds like a lot, and it is a lot, I, I try to balance and I try to, you know, be respectful of the times with my family. Right now, my daughter is at college, so it's not as 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 uh, uh, demanding, right? Because now, you know, she's she's not in the home, right? But you know, I try weekends to be respectful of those, make sure that those, you know, stay uh, uh, clear for family uh, activities. I I also try to involve them as much as I can in some of these activities, right? And make sure that they can help and they can see the benefit of the work as a family. Um, I, at a point, Joe, to be honest right now, that I need to be more selective. I'm not saying yes to pretty much everything that comes my way. And I need to start, you know, uh, in a way, focusing on those bigger, impactful things and, you know, potentially stepping away from some of the others that are now on track that potentially don't need me as yeah. much. Um, that's that's what I'm kind of planning to do. I haven't done it, <laughs> uh, but that's kind of like the intention, right? Is to be a little bit more selective yeah. uh, and, you know, uh, where, where that impact can be amplified. But for the most part, no complaints here, they, uh, uh, you know, in, in my family. We, we respect the individuality of each one of us. So we all have our own things going on as well, but we share each some value and respect the time uh, together as a family, you know, our Friday, night movie nights and you know going to lunch at this saturday on sunday together uh those are the things that, 
that we that we always respect. And they also see how positively this impacts me personally, right? Okay. They actually saw yeah. a, a big change before I was doing this and after. So they are not uh, uh, discouraging me from doing it. Uh, to the contrary, right? You know, again, uh, sometimes I get overwhelmed and complain and my yeah. wife would say, well... You just said yes to it, so now you have to, you know, follow through, right? Um, but, but you know, for the most part, it hasn't been a challenge. I always going to say this: I'm super appreciative of Microsoft for allowing me to do some of, I mean, most of these things. Yeah. I consider this ability part of my package. It's not yeah. just my benefits and salary, but the, the fact that they not only allow me to do it, but support me, right? Yeah. Support me with funds and. You name it, right? Uh, uh, that to me is, is 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 that's why I've been in the company uh, uh, for 21 years, right? And I don't have any plans to go uh, anywhere, uh, at least in the near future. So you brought up a really good point that I was recently talking to some people about: is that that that's part of your benefits package, and that you find that is something that is um, an ability to you. Um, if you had to look theoretical, not putting it into the universe, just theoretical, you had to look for a new job. Do you think that that would be a ne- really an important necessary? piece of the job and the career path absolutely absolutely yes i mean that's 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 the the, the way i think about it is it, it has to have that component that ability and uh provides me that freedom uh to continue to do the work that i do or else it wouldn't i wouldn't even consider it right that's why i always talk when i talk to the kids i said when you're looking for a job make sure you understand the company you're applying to and that the company values align to your own values so so so, so it's it's, to me, that's 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 paramount, super important. So I wouldn't even consider a job, even if it pays me twice as much as what I'm making right now, if that was not part of the deal. Because again, right, that keeps me alive, that keeps me afloat, motivated, and and happy, right? So you know what money you know, compared to this, right? So I always make that that mm-hmm. uh, that that comparison, right? Honestly, you know, I've been working for a long time. I'm approaching the end of my career in a few years. I don't know, maybe five, 10 years. So I would like yeah. to, you know, and I'm trying to kind of explore, you know, making a bold career move within Microsoft, mm-hmm. potentially dedicating myself 100% to some of these initiatives, right? Working yeah. with, you know, the diversity inclusion organization within HR and whatnot. Uh, that's kind of like the plan and, you know, uh, uh, in the future, maybe it, it may happen, you know, for the, the, the right opportunity at the right time. Uh, but for the most part now, you know, between the job that I have and the ability to do all these things, I'm, I'm super, super content. Thank you for that. You know, this was a conversation I was having with my parents because I go through the crisis about every other year where I'm like, is this really what I want to be doing the rest of my life? Um, is this the path that I want to go on? And my parents are like, I'm very lucky. My parents have been very supportive in the sense of they've said, you know, you need to be happy. Well, yes, it is important to pay your bills um, because you have to pay them and that's called being an adult. It is also important to be happy and it's important to enjoy what you're doing and I think that that's the thing I struggle with the most often is I have a lot of freedoms and a lot of support in the work that I do and being able to incorporate this type of work into my daily work that I don't know if I could ever move into a position where somebody told me yeah, no, we don't do that and I'd just be like, okay well, I guess I'm gonna um, go on to another career path and I know that that's a privilege. Let's be real honest. Like that is a privilege that both of us are are, are given in our lives that we have made 
career paths and career moves that allow us to do that. So I'm not going to be irresponsible and be like, okay, everybody leave your job because you don't get to do that because that's not a realistic expectation. But I am saying is if you can make changes and you can support yourself and you can make some of those moves, that that is important. That balance, that that desire, the things that bring you happiness should be part of your daily work also. And, and, and the, the thing that also is important to highlight, Joe, is that even if you are at a job right now that is not allowing you to do this or the, the, the opportunities don't exist, mm-hmm. go and create that. Exactly. Go and ask, can we do this? What's the worst thing that can happen? That they say no, yeah. but at least you ask. So if you're listening to this and you are in a job where you are kind of being motivated what you know, by what Joe and I are sharing and you don't see any of those activities taking place, make them. Go mm-hmm. and, and, and try to kind of connect with people within your organization or within your school, right? And, 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 and let's create the space, right? You know, sometimes the, 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 the table is set and we can come in and, and, and sit down. Sometimes we need to set it up ourselves. And I think that that's sometimes what we lose sight of. Like, oh, this is, this is the reality and it stays there forever. No, we have the power to change that. And, and I think that it's super important that we don't lose that motivation, that we don't lose that you know, drive to really make a difference and create those opportunities if they don't exist. I agree 100%. I think that a lot of times as Latinx people and as BIPOC, as a BIPOC community, we forget that our power is that we can ask for things. Like, again, like you said, what's the worst they're going to say is no. You then now know where the company that you work for stands and you get to decide, like, is this what I want to continue doing or is it time for me to make a move? And I think that for many of us, we were conditioned, like, you get a job, it pays you, so you just stay and you keep your head down and you're happy for what you got. That we forget that, like, that's not true. Like, there are other pieces to it. And it's, it's not to say that the way that we were raised was wrong. I think it's just saying that it's time for us to start shifting our thoughts a little bit and it's going to take time, but it just comes at a, a little bit of a cost. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I mean, you know, generation after generation, you know, we were told don't make, you know, thoughts, don't make noise, do your job, keep your head down. Right. So it's hard to kind of remove all those preconceived notions overnight. It's going to take time. I'm very, you know, um, motivated by what I'm seeing with this younger generation where they, you know, really speak up, where they really express their feelings and uh, fight for what they believe in, right? And I think that that we need to take a a page from that book, uh, even if we belong to different generations and have that same drive, right? My daughter is a source of motivation for me and a uh, uh, you know, a, a little way for me to kind of take a peek into what's happening with that, you know, generation. What is it, Z now? Yeah. I, I, and, and, you know, she keeps me on my toes, right? This past summer with the Black Lives Matter movement yeah. that was taking place across the country, she really wanted to go and demonstrate. Yeah. You know, she wanted to join one of those demonstrations in downtown Seattle. Yeah. And um, I was entertaining it, but my wife said, no, absolutely no. Right. I mean, we were seeing scenes of violence and a bunch of different things. Right. Yeah. Uh, My daughter was like, if I don't show my my support now, when? Right. Mm And, and she said to my wife, because I even said, okay, let's go. Let's go together. You go with your friends. I'm from far away, kind of looking at you. uh, And something happens, you know, I'm there. Uh, but my wife was absolutely not. And then my daughter asked my wife, why? Mm-hmm. Why do you don't want me to go? And my wife said, because I don't want you to die. Yeah. And my daughter's response was, but isn't that funny, mom? Because how would you feel that particular day for a couple of hours is how African-American families feel every single 
day. Yeah. So in that moment, my wife and I were totally silent. Yeah. She basically, you know, how do you refute that? So we compromised, Joe. Yeah. And I suggested, why don't you organize your own protest here? Right. We have a big avenue. There's a Starbucks there. Call your friends. Long story short, she gathered probably a hundred people. Yeah. Uh, with signs and everything, and she got to demonstrate her support, have her voice heard, and 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 that was uh, that was a good compromise, you know, from the family perspective. Yeah. But that lesson that she gave us was priceless. Yeah. Well, good for her, and yeah. good for her to stand up to both of y'all. Um, I'm sure that's not easy, but good for her. I'm very proud of her. So we'll now start rolling into the last couple questions as we wrap things up for the afternoon is a few questions I like to ask guests is what regrets have you had and what have you learned from them? If you have, is there one regret that you have in life? The, the one regret that I have in life is, you know, trying to do things to please others. Yeah. Right. And I think that I did that a lot, a lot. And I think that that's probably cold growing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, peer pressure and all that. So, you know, not to worry too much about what other th- others think, right? There's always going to be naysayers. Uh, so so if, if there was one regret, it's probably that, that sometimes I, I, I gave too much power to that external perspective or that approval that I was seeking, right? Uh, and I think that in a way that kind of truncated a little bit my aspirations and my, and my um, appetite to do bigger things, right? Uh, uh, make mistakes, you know, I, I was very, you know, goody to shoes throughout all my years, right? Always on track. I'm like, oh my God, I wish I would done crazier things just for the sake of the experience, right? I sometimes tell yeah. my daughter that. It's like, hey, just, just let loose a little bit, you know, have yeah. fun, this and that. Uh, trying to kind of give her the advice that I needed back in the day, right? Yeah. So if, if there was one regret, it would be it would that. So anybody that's listening and young and worried about screwing up, Salvador just gave you the all clear, like, go for it. Like, you're going to screw. I think that that's the thing that I think in your 20s you never think about in your teenage years is like, everybody always thinks like this could is going to potentially change my life in some way. So let's be very cautious. It's like, if you're looking to murder somebody, that's probably not what we're talking about very much in this conversation. It's just about taking the risk and what's the worst that's going to happen. I always tell people, especially when I'm talking to younger people, I'm like, if you screw up in your early 20s, like, let me just tell you, there's nobody in their 30s, 40s and 50s who is not saying like, you're gonna, like, we all think you're gonna screw up. So you might as well go ahead and do it. What's the worst that's gonna happen? Like, we anticipate that it's gonna happen. And we're gonna have to fix it a little bit. So you know what? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. And as Joe said, right? I mean, of course, there are mistakes and there's mistakes. So so, so not all big ones that are gonna derail your life plan. But absolutely be okay with with being wrong. Be okay with being told no be okay with all those things because that's the way you get prepared for real life yeah and and i think that you know as it, with everything right you need to develop that muscle you need to develop that resilience and it sounds so cliche but you know if you don't practice believe me the first time that happens to you you're going to be devastated and you don't want that to happen the first job you have in a big corporate you know uh, uh environment or whatnot right so it's good to kind of take these uh, uh, years uh, in your early, uh, late teens, early 20s as practice. So when you get to the real life, then it's easier for you to cope and to deal with situations like this. Yeah. 
I, I mean, even just the topic we were talking about the other day on the phone call is like moving away from your family. Like you should do it. Like there's no reason you shouldn't. Like, yes, it seems scary. And yes, you're gonna struggle. Like if somebody in their early 20s doesn't move away from their in their if, if anybody ever moves away from their family and doesn't struggle a little bit, I don't believe you. I don't trust you. Like there was probably something wrong no matter how what age you're on. Like it's gonna it's gonna be a struggle. Like there's gonna be days that it sucks when you wake up. There's gonna be days that you're not gonna know everything and that you've just become accustomed to things and the way that they are. And I think that's a huge one, especially for the BIPOC community, especially for Latinx fan, like individuals who won't take a job or won't move because they're worried about being away from their family. And it's not that you have to give up your family. You're just moving. Correct. Um, you know, when I, when I moved out of my, my house to go to college, you know, 2000 miles away from my city, yeah, uh, there was no internet. Uh, phone was super expensive, no cell phones, right? So yeah. I used to call my home once a week mm-hmm. for 10 minutes, With right? Card, I'm sure. Exactly, right? So, but now there's no excuses with, you know, teleconferences, video conferences, messaging. You are connected, you know, all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So take the chance, right? Take the chance to see the world, to see other places, other cultures, even within the U.S. We're so diverse and so different that, you know, it will open up your eyes and see, make you see things in a different way, make you more, you know, empathetic and, and more, uh, you know, open to, you know, new things. It, it's, it's, it's a gift, really, when you move away from your um, surroundings that are you are comfortable with. Yep. It makes you grow immensely, right? It makes you more responsible. It makes you to, to value more those relationships, right? When you put distance uh, in between and, and you actually enjoy the quality of relationships gets, you know, amplified by, by doing that. So do you think that there's a moment in your life that was a pivotal moment for you that changed things for you? Was there anything that you can look back and say, this moment really changed things and probably changed the trajectory of my life forever? Yeah, there's actually one and it's part of my TED Talk. Uh, it's actually the second story. So also uh, go listen to his TED Talk um, and we'll link it in the show notes. <laughs> so basically I was around 13, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. I was in middle school and I was attending a public school in my hometown, but it, this is was the best public school in, in the city and all the rich families will send their kids to, to that school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just kind of providing some context. So one of these days, uh, the English teacher came into the classroom and basically announced to the class, hey, students, I'm working with the Rotary Club. I'm organizing a trip to Oxford in England for a month to study English, right? So yeah. if you're interested, here's a paper, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Of course, right? I'm like, I want to go, right? I need to go. I need to be there. I went home. I talked to my mom. Listen, we were middle class. You know, there was, there was no way I was going to be able to make it but but my mom being my mom says okay go and find out all the details right and and tell me and then we'll see right you didn't even have a passport yeah. my parents were divorced we needed to find my dad so he it was it was a huge ordeal so long story short yeah. one saturday i went to the local travel agency that was arranging this right and i went to get all the information yeah. and, and and so on i came out of the uh, travel agency and i basically hail a cab uh, to go back to my house right and again i'm 14 years old yeah um the taxi driver saw where I came from and on the ride to my house, which by the way, was a very humble neighborhood, right? Uh, he asked me, what were you doing there? And I said, oh, 
it's because I'm going to Oxford, right? I, I was just getting all the yeah. information because I'm going to Oxford. Taxi driver turned around. I was sitting in the back and he said, kid, they're just making you waste your time because you are never, ever leaving this town. You are never, ever leaving this town. In that moment, I have a choice. Believe him or say, hold my beer, right? Yeah. And I, 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 I went for the ladder and now it's like, I don't know, 47 countries later, here I am, right? Yeah. I didn't go to Oxford that time. Yeah. I did not, right? Actually, I just went to Oxford a couple of years ago, but I went to Oxford to see my daughter sing with her choir at the university, yeah. right? So, you know, at the end of the day, that moment was crucial because even though I was a kid, I had the ability, and thanks to my mom again, and you'll hear my, my mom all over, over and over and over again. Yeah. But you know, to not, I mean, I, I, I'm like, okay, that's, that's what you think. But in a way, I was like, I'm gonna prove you wrong. But I don't even know who the guy is, right? So again, just as I said to the captain in the office, Mr. Taxi Driver, wherever you are, thank you, because yeah. that day you did one of the biggest things that somebody could have done in my life, which is, you know, asking me to prove you wrong. And I did. Yeah, he challenged you and you said, I'm going to win this one. Good for you. Um, so yeah, like you said, Salvador, thank you, Mr. Taxi Driver, because now we get Salvador. So thank you. Um, and the, the last and final question is, do you have a relationship in your life that you wish was different? And if you could go back and change it, would you? Wow. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to... Joe, you share whatever you do, or you share what you want to. You don't have to share anything. It's totally up to you. I will tell you, I have 100% had multiple people share things they haven't shared with other people. But this is totally up to you. You don't have to answer the question. No, it's not about that. I mean, I'm, a, I'm an open book. I don't want to get emotional. Um, you know, my, my parents got divorced when I was very young, right? I was probably five or six. And, you know, throughout my life, I always had a lot of resentment. Uh, and when I became a dad myself, right? Mm -hmm. Even more so because I love my daughter so much from the moment I saw her, right? That I couldn't yeah. understand how somebody could abandon, you know, a son if they really loved that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but then with, with maturity and the past of, you know, the years and all that, I realized, you know what? He did the best he could with the resources and the knowledge mm -hmm. he had at the time. He was young. He, he, he had addictions. He, you know, again, you don't get a book, right? So I wish yeah. I could have a, a, a much better relationship without judgment with him, right? Yeah. Seeing him as a human being that makes mistakes without resentment. And I've forgiven him already, right? He, and he, he, he passed away as well uh, a few years ago. Uh, we, we had a very amicable relationship and, and, and all that. Uh, but yes, I mean, that's probably the one that, that it's hard because you realize all the things that I just shared with you with time and with maturity, right? Yeah. With your own experiences. But if there was something, you know, I wish I could be in uh, uh, more understanding yeah. of the circumstances that push him to do what he did, which is kind of run away and, and, and leave us behind. So you said that impacted the way that you interact with your your kids. You said you have two of them or just the one daughter? Sorry. Just one daughter. Just one, just okay. one daughter. So that has directly influenced the way that you interact with your family and your family unit and things like thought uh, yeah, that's why i don't drink right yeah. i mean that's one of the reasons i i i don't drink alcohol right oh. i always try to you know be there present uh for, for for my daughter and you know again it's it's so cliche to say i'll oh, give her the, what i didn't have but i'm talking about affection i'm talking about connection i'm talking about you know for her being a baby or a toddler 
and it wasn't a difference being with mom or dad, she would be, you know, okay with either, right? You know, sometimes yeah. you see kids that they're so uh, close to their mothers that fathers cannot even, you know, change a diaper or, or, or take them to the park, right? So yeah. to me, that was kind of like a testament of, you know, the work that I did, but also that my wife allowed me to, to be part of her life in that, in that manner, right? So is there anything that Salvador is working on that he wants to let the listeners know or anything that you would like to give the listeners that you would want them to know about you that maybe we haven't covered or something that you're working on that people can go donate or be a part of or anything like that? Well, you know, right now I, I, I am not, but, but the thing I would like to highlight is the responsibility we have with vaccination. And, and I know there is multiple, you know, spectrums and, and views here, but as a Hispanic community, we still are underserved in that front, right? So anything you can do to amplify the message, to solve or address any issues or questions with science, not with WhatsApp chains, not with memes, right? With solid information, you can actually make a difference, right? Uh, So I would like to encourage people, if they have a chance to give, uh, give the power of knowledge to those who may need it. Not it's not a debate. It's just sharing information. At the end of the day, it's a personal decision. It's a personal choice. But if it's in your hands yeah. to you know share some of this information with people that can potentially change uh, the way they, they they view things, you know, do it, do it, and don't shy away from having tough conversations. At the end of the day, that's how we all learn and how we all grow and how we all kind of get you know uh, stronger relationships as well, even with differences of opinion. Thank you. Um, So yes, friendly reminder for all of our listeners here in the United States and around the world, because we do strangely enough have listeners around the world. So thank you to them as well. Get vaccinated, especially if you come from the Latinx community or you come from a BIPOC community. We're still highly underserved, especially here in the United States. And we have some of the highest rates of transmissions because we live in multi-generational homes. We care about our families. We want to be around them. We're not saying that we have to give that up. But if we want to get back to that norm at some point and we don't want to be making every Everybody's sick. We have to go out and get our vaccinations, and we have. That's what we owe ourselves. We owe ourselves to get everything that um, our colonizers have done for generations. They don't bicker about it, so why should we? And also, like most of us have probably eaten worse. Um, let's be honest. Um, so let's just, yeah. Other than that, Salvador, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, this has been a great conversation. I'm um, always enjoy seeing your bright and shiny face because it makes it offsets uh, my uh, pissy mood. Um, when I'm in a pissy mood. You are also very nice. You uh, said a very nice thing to me the other day and I don't think you actually, I'll just say that you made some really great comments and that's kind of set well with me. Uh, So thank you for that. And then today, I just want to thank all of our listeners for listening again. All the the information that Salvador covered today, the various organizations, I will be putting some links in the show notes. So make sure to check out the show notes. We'll also be sharing them on our Instagram and our Twitter as well. If you have any questions, feel free to always write into the show ping us i assume that if people want to get a hold of you that's okay through like linkedin and places like that um so yeah so if you have organizations or you're part of a group and you think that salvador's story meshes with you don't hesitate to reach out to him don't hesitate to reach out to me and i don't mind helping make any connections for all of my listeners um hopefully you'll come back next week when we have another guest of this amazing group thank you for joining me today here on my latinx life remember follow us on instagram and twitter for updates on the show and like and share 
with your friends, with your families, with your coworkers, because we love to have people here listening and leave us a good rating on whatever platform you're listening on today. Thanks.